1: cancelled too soon the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less my name is william
0: bibbiani i'm a critic everybody calls me bibs my name is whitney seibel i too am a critic and uh thank you for not giving october a silly spooky name this year i'm just gonna <laughs> i think last i think last week you just said like Creepy Tober or something that didn't, yeah wasn't no, even, like, no, no, no 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 remotely I was, close to being a pun. I
1: was gonna go back to Scary Tober because uh-huh. I think that one's actually kind of funny because it's such a uh. a nut, <laughs> nut pun. I, I was actually literally about to call it Scary Tober when you told me when you thanked me for not doing that.
0: Okay, well thank you for not calling this Scary Tober. So this is Scary Tober. All right, it's Scary Tober. Right. It's it's October. That means we get to watch scary movies. That's that's yeah. the the mandate. It's what was required of us as media critics during this month. Which is why we have failed you.
1: Uh, See, here's the deal. Last week on Critically Acclaimed, or or the last episode of Cancel Too Soon is what I meant to say.
0: (laughs) We have so many podcasts.
1: I'm not even going to cut that out. All right. Last time on Cancel Too Soon, we promised that for our big 200th episode, we were going to review one of our most requested shows ever, The
0: Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Here's the thing. Uh, this actually isn't our 200th episode yet no we 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 didn't make it just yet no 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 this is episode
1: 199 and a half yeah yeah so it's, yeah so that way we get to do scary tober and not like fill up october with uh, with brisco county
0: brisco county junior is it, it has some genre elements but it is by no means or by any stretch of the imagination halloween related
1: yeah so so brisco county will of course be our 200th episode yeah, yeah but, but in we, the meantime we got, a couple, we got some fractions
0: We got some uh, We got some Episodes to go Before we reach 200 and, uh, I want to
1: say Right now oh. Before anyone Sends an angry tweet Leaves a message On our Patreon Opens up their email To write us At of um This was Whitney's idea <laughs> <laughs> this was entirely Whitney's idea. You can put it on me. I don't mind. I know he texted me, and he was like, "I found this pilot that I've been looking for for a while. I want to do it for Scary He didn't use the word Scary Tober, mm. and uh, but I, I want to do it this week. Can we call this episode 199 And a half And I was like, "They're going to kill us." Okay,
0: well you know, but, but yes, don't don't kill William. Kill me instead. Okay. Uh, I, I will I will Just be so your uh, I will be your lightning rod of hate.
1: Anyway, every year, here at Cancel Too Soon, we like to focus, uh, for the month of October, on the uh, horror-slash-supernatural-themed TV series that did not come together. And boy, is there no shortage of those. Like, not even remotely in the slightest is there a shortage of those. Um, Every year, it's an absolute, just, nightmare just trying to cut down on the stuff we want to do hmm. because we would we could dedicate like an entire year to this stuff and still have plenty left over. Uh, but we've picked out some good ones. Uh, our Patreon page, of course, had a poll, uh, and uh, that that will be our anthology uh, uh, series. That's right uh, for the month. Turns out, uh, but uh, in the meantime, um, in the meantime, we're also. Kind of going to do an
0: anthology series, kind of. No, this one's
1: weird because the series that we're talking about, the failed pilot, in fact, that we're talking about, which aired as a movie of the week on the Fox Network. On September 26th, 1995, opposite several other Cancel Too Soon type shows that we've been actually looking for, including Deadly Games on UPN, which is about video game villains who break out into the real world and have to be taken down. And also the If Memory Serves really good TV series based on John Grisham's The Client. Mm. Luca is actually trying to open the front door. He's got his paw on the doorknob. (laughs) Luca's a cat. Trying to turn it. (laughs) But he thinks, Luca, he thinks
0: he's people. But yeah. Um, Luca, don't do not do that. Don't flee the apartment,
1: buddy. You want uh, snacks? To, Is that what
0: you want? To keep us on track, uh, yeah, this this aired in September of 1995. Uh, it was intended as a pilot, but it was presented as a TV movie that happens with a lot of pilots that they film. Uh, so you look it up and it's in online and you'll find a lot of information about this as a movie. Uh, it's a TV pilot. It was meant to be a series. hmm I have been looking for this. I learned about this many years back and it, it just had such a tantalizing premise. And also this is one of the long for one of the many long forgotten, uh, offs I suppose of the tales from the crypt camp. Yeah. Uh, tales from the crypt was, you know, a juggernaut back in the, the late eighties and early nineties lasted a long, long time. Every director wanted to be in it. Every actor was eventually on it. Uh, uh, and it did spawn a few spinoffs, and nobody talks about the spinoffs. Mm. One of the very first shows we did for Cancel Too Soon... Oh, yeah, this isn't like, a single-digit episode. Yeah, yeah. was uh, one of the Tales from the Crypt spinoffs called uh, Perversions of Science. Mm. Uh, it's the same premise of Tales from the Crypt. They had a, a, a host that would introduce every story, mm-hmm. all of the Which stories... With a
1: CGI sexy robot named
0: Chrome. Yeah, Chrome <laughs> would introduce all of the episodes. Luca, get off the counter, buddy. And, uh... All of the stories were based on uh, comics produced by EC Comics. Yeah, uh, EC through, Comics, published course, by William Gaines.
1: William Gaines's EC Comics mm. was a very prominent comic book publishing label, mostly uh, significant in the 1950s, where they became famous for making comic books aimed at. Mature audiences, adults, Mm -hmm. in particular horror comics, of which they made a ton of salacious, um, often very very fierce, violent, angry morality tales. Mm -hmm. And they were so violent, often on the cover, that the government almost stepped in and started regulating the comic book industry, which is where we got the Comics Code Authority. The Comics Code Authority was so rigid in terms of what was now only allowed to be in comics... That some comic book companies found themselves unable to make any comics but superhero comics. Mm. That's why we have Marvel Comics the way we have it today.
0: Yeah, it's because the Spider-Man, Fantastic Four,
1: Iron Man, uh, the Hulk. Mm. Now, all of these characters you... emerged out of the comics code. So thank you, William Gaines, for being so violent that now you have your little blackbusters.
0: <laughs> and, uh... William Gaines rather famously pivoted and into kind of naughty parody of comedy magazines. Yeah. And in fact, the reason Mad Magazine is called a magazine and is not a comic mm-hmm. is because magazines operated outside of the purview of the Comics Code Authority. Yep. So you could get away with all kinds of naughty stuff in Mad Magazine. Those early Mad Magazines, they're chaotic and See, wonderful. Kids and very don't much read in the magazines.
1: Same... Yeah. They only read comic books. So as long as so when, I remember when I was a kid, I would see Mad Magazine with mm-hmm. all of its naughty pictures and and subversive humor, and I thought to myself, "That's a magazine. I'm gonna go right back to my comics.
0: <laughs> I, I I was a Mad Magazine addict. As of course, a child. I was a Mad I, Magazine. I, addict. I still have a bunch of my old Mad magazines. I treated them badly. I of not have covers anymore, yeah. but I have a lot of old Mads in my closet somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, they because of the success of Tales from the Crypt, and you know that I think that really lurid sensibility was kept intact for the TV series. Mm -hmm. uh, They decided to start spinning things off. There was perversions of science. Which was
1: basically Tales from the Crypt. And again, Tales from the Hmm. Crypt on HBO was an all-star horror weekly anthology series. Every episode was adapted from one of the comics. Hmm. And they were violent. They were funny. They were um like had really fun gore effects.
0: They were sexy. They and, had a lot of like nudity in them. In a weird way they were a lot like
1: the Batman nineteen sixties series of like the late eighties, early nineties, because like everyone in Hollywood wanted in on this. Yeah. It was a it was freedom to play. So they got really big stars. Tom Hanks directed an episode. Like Schwarzenegger directed an episode. Yeah. They
0: approached Scorsese. They said, hey, we have I this know. show. Do you want to do Tales from the Crypt? He's like, no, I don't want to do Tales from the Crypt. And they said, well, we thought you'd say no. And as they're picking up their stuff to go, Warren Scorsese said, but there was this one I read as a boy. And they turned around like, oh, boy, you want to do that one? <laughs> <laughs> It's no, like, no, I, it no, no, I'm not going to do it. But I love that comic. You want to do it? No, I'm not going to do it. But there was this one comic. <laughs> my, my
1: point is this. It was all-star. It was popular. No. It was must-see TV on HBO back before HBO had a ton of really popular shows. So, yeah, we had a one-season wonder sci-fi spinoff gulper versions of science.
0: Which uh, is hit or miss, but the hits were really good. Yeah. I liked uh, Jeff- Jeffrey Combs' uh, Space Hitler was a good one. Yeah.
1: I like the one uh, in which uh, it's the Orson Welles War of the Worlds radio broadcast, but there are a couple of Martians hiding out on Earth who accidentally think that, like, oh no, the invasion started without us, so they have to kill all their friends immediately and, like, <laughs> try to travel to where they think the landing site is. It's really dark and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there, was a, there was one called Two-Fisted Tales, which I believe all the episodes ended up airing has tales in the crypt episodes yeah
0: they they were going to do a uh, uh, war stories because th- those war those like two-fisted war tales yeah. uh military stories were really big in comics in the 50s as well yeah uh that's a, a chapter of comics history that is largely not talked about anymore but nick fury started as a war comic yeah um hell captain america was a war comic it was it was yeah. like, during world war ii it was supposed to be more yeah. of a combat comic than a superhero thing um yeah. I guess both at the same time. It was point. both. But, uh, it was
1: both. But it wasn't... It was the, the fact yeah, that they, it was a combination... They, is they
0: were going to make a TV series called Two-Fisted Tales, which was based on those old war comics. Uh, it ended up falling through at the last minute, but they did make four episodes, which ended up airing yeah. as Tales from the Crypt episodes, including the best one,
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, which is called Yellow. Oh, that's a great... Yeah. That's one of the best episodes of it, Tales from the Crypt. And that, that was a Two-Fisted Tales I know. episode. Uh, so... Then there were a few other spinoffs. There was uh, uh, Tales from the the <laughs> Tales from the Crypt game show, yeah. which uh, people don't talk about. Like when Double Dare was really big on Nickelodeon, they decided to make a kids' game show based well, around Tales from they, the Crypt, hosted by the Crypt Keeper. They had
1: a they had a Tales from the Crypt Keeper, which was mm-hmm. an animated Tales from the yeah. Crypt anthology thing for kids that lasted quite a few seasons, actually. So, yeah, so we, we, we couldn't we review it here. We can't
0: talk about it on this show. Uh, but but they was... also
1: they also a lot of that mm-hmm. same crew ended up uh, starting Dark Castle Entertainment, which would end up remaking a lot of. William William Castle horror movies mm-hmm. such okay. as and this is particularly significant House on Haunted Hill which was directed by William Malone who before that directed this pilot episode that's
0: right and uh, the the premise of this pilot episode mm-hmm. is that uh, it's also based on a comic by William Gaines it's produced by the same team you got your Zemeckis and Walter Hill and, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody else uh, there's a bunch of eccentric scientists living in a secret bunker ...under Thanos Lake. Yeah. Or, but there's a disused, like, Air Force bunker near Thano, yeah. Thanos Lake. That's, the, that's uh,
1: the facade. It looks mm. run down, but if you go underneath
0: into the basement, it's full of high-tech yeah. stuff. Yeah, in, inside they're developing weird, secret technologies, unbeknownst to the government. And in fact, they explain the government has leave, left them alone. The name of this institute... Is Let me look it up. <laughs> I had it in front of me. I lost it. Uh, the William Wilson Emory Institute for Research and Development, or W-E-I-R-D. It's weird,
1: and it's a weird world. Married with Children's Ed O'Neill brings together the greatest minds on Earth.
0: The government has promised to leave us alone.
1: To find the secrets of the future.
0: Two days from now, I'm going to be murdered.
1: But sometimes, knowing too much... I found a way to reverse the aging process. ...can kill you.
0: You'll we'll never get away with this. I already have.
1: Welcome to a world unlike anything you've ever seen. Weird World on the Fox Tuesday Night Movie. So, Weird World, uh, If this premise sounds a little familiar too. Oh, it's about a bunch of mad scientists who live together. There was a popular sci-fi series on the sci-fi channel called Eureka which was basically like if there was like a whole town full of mad scientists, I didn't mm. watch a lot of it, but it had a very different tone. That was much more light kind mm. of, uh, um, it was, I guess it got a little dark sometimes, but like, it was more of a family friendly show weird world. Uh, this particular pilot is clearly trying to be a horror show.
0: It's yeah. It, it has a really dark tone and it's structured like, uh, like a perversion of science Yeah, in that it has, uh, dark morality tales people behaving badly and getting punished for it
1: yeah which but, is very much mm. the tales from the crypt william Gaines, mm. uh, a mold and it's a very satisfying format but what's interesting here is that whereas those other shows were all half hour shows so they're really in and out you know very punchy not a lot of room to really mess around or digress you just kind of tell the story efficiently and then you get the hell out this is an hour-long series and their solution to and, how and the, they... And the pilot was a two-hour pilot. Which would have made it like a two-episode uh, right. uh, uh, double double episode. Um, so you got two, uh, one hour... It basically, without commercials, it's an hour and a half. How do you make one Perversions of Science episode an hour and a half? How do you turn it into a television series? Do you th- do things like establish ongoing storylines and develop character... It turns out no <laughs> It turns out the solution is You do three perversions of science episode At once That all take place in the same building And they don't intersect And that's and, uh, the thing that drove me up the wall As I thought they were going to play off of each other imagine, And instead there's just Three different mad scientist stories All going on at the same time
0: Imagine if in Tales from the Crypt All of the stories took place in the Crypt With the Crypt Keeper Yeah and Yeah hi- that's not bad yeah. That's a good way uh, putting so, it The Crypt Keeper in this case is uh, Dr. Menachian, Mm -hmm. who is played by Ed O'Neill.
1: Ed O'Neill, of course, uh, people know him now probably best from Modern Family. Uh, In the late 80s, early 90s, he was best known for starring in Married with Children. There was this weird period between Married with Children and Modern Family in which he was Al Bundy from Married with Children... Like he, 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 was he was a little
0: typecast. I'm actually kind of glad he got Modern Family because he's a very funny, very talented actor. Yeah. And he was pigeonholed as this kind of dickhead character. Right. And he, you see him in other things
1: whenever he pops up in any, he did some work with David Mamet, for example. Mm. Like he's a very, very, very talented actor, mm. but he got kind of shoehorned in as the mm. schlubby, uh, working class, sexist, Archie yeah, Bunker yeah. type. And here... You know, he,
0: if, you know, if you stab a man in the dead of winter, steam will rise up from the wounds.
1: <laughs> That's him from Wayne's World. Yeah. <laughs> very, very funny. Uh, here, he is playing a very, totally different character, and I suspect one of the reasons he was, he was so gung-ho about it was that it was exactly the opposite of what he was doing. The character had a sense of humor, but he was actually very dry. Very he,
0: reserved mm, kind of character, very tot- serious. Totally yeah. different
1: look. He shaved his head, gave himself a goatee, very Lex
0: Luthor, James Bond villain look. He, he looks a lot like... Um, like a character from the Matrix because he also has like mm. a long dark coat but this was four years before the Matrix yeah but long dark he, coats he, have been around I, I know but but he also has like the like the bald head the little mm. goatee and like the sunglasses all made yeah. him look very Matrix-y no he's,
1: he's looking very very cool he's looking very otherworldly he's looking like a mad scientist and he runs the Institute mm. and he is responsible for keeping everyone more or less on their jobs and if people die in the process we literally don't give a shit we'll have mm. a memorial service and one of the gags is that we have them a lot and people are bored (laughs) which is pretty funny the show starts really strong like the the... first act or first like 30 minutes is great because all we're doing is introducing characters and ideas Mm. and fun concepts and we're like oh I can't wait to see how these are going to play out over the course of the series and then you realize they've all played out over the course of the episode
0: yeah, the, the the premise is so tantalizing, and this is why I was drawn to Weird mm. World because you know all of the descriptions you read are just that like first ten minutes. So uh, Dr. Monachian is recruiting a, a new mad scientist to work for them, who just happens to be like a seven year old girl. Oh, it's great! It's and, so but, damn she, funny but she's like a thinking. super genius seven year old who knows things about genetics and particle physics.
1: Yeah, like she said she's her expertise is genetics, mm. but her second love. Is thermonuclear physics. And so he's showing her around the building. And he is, Ed O'Neill is just like absolutely respecting her intelligence, no condescension, just thinks she's like really clearly going to be a great asset to the building, showing her all of the mad science stuff that she's doing. And they say, and she's like, So what do you think? And she's like, I like it, but here's what I need $250,000 a year, two weeks paid vacation every year, and the entire line of Malibu Barbie. And he's like, See what we can make. We'll see what we in. can do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if all of those are currently in okay. stock.
0: Well, little girl, can you keep a secret? Well, oh, well, my 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 brother skipped school once and I never told anybody. And uh, <laughs> and I discovered the uh, I discovered a cold fusion reactor, but I didn't tell anybody until I published. Yeah, it was like <laughs> So that kind of stuff is like That's re- really funny. really wetting my appetite yeah. for this like bunker sci-fi universe we're going into. Um, and then we're introduced to some kind of normies essentially, but they're all working on this really advanced scientific stuff. Like, uh, we see some scientists and they're working on a robot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Well, let's, 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 let's go through them. Let's go through them like, like one at a time. So we've got, um, these, these uh, were presumably be regulars on the show. Okay. So,
1: uh, the robotics expert, his name is Noah Lane. He's played by Jim True Frost, really good actor. You may know him as Prez from the wire. Um, and, uh, he, he's a robotics expert and his wife Had left him for another scientist, uh, Dylan Bledsoe, who is a virologist, uh, played by Dana Ashbrook, who, of course, was... um, On um, Twin Peaks. He was on Twin Peaks. He He was uh, Laura
0: Palmer's teen boyfriend. I was going to say Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. Bobby. He was
1: Bobby. Uh, And uh, at the beginning of the episode, we see him and Noah's uh, ex-wife on like on site in like the Brazilian rainforest. It's kind of like the opening of arachnophobia. <laughs> and someone has just died from a horrible virus. And he's being very blase about it. He talks about how science is a contact sport. And like, mm. you know, sometimes you get hit and she's totally sick of his shit. He's clearly a, 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 a bad human being. Mm. And he's like, unfortunately they won't let me take this virus back to the Institute. So I have to so, infect people. So yeah. he infects her, kills Her, So he can bring the virus back and his whole thing with Noah aside from the fact that he not only stole Noah's ex-wife but killed her uh, is he wants Noah to give him his robotics technology so that he can study viruses without risking viral infection which bad guy or not actually a good idea why would you even fight that. Yeah, that's actually like well, a really good idea.
0: It's it's a good idea, but he's such a jerk that yeah. he's not gonna do any kind of favors.
1: But for like the guy. actual practical application, yeah. and he's and he's doing real robotics too. I mean, not none of this like oh I've got an arm with treads. Like no, he's got like a giant robot monster that now like is like walking the mm. halls, and if you don't have like
0: the right name badge, it just kills you. And it it does uh, And speaking of which This goes into Another one of the main characters um, The security guy Yeah Played by Miguel Nunez You probably know Miguel Nunez As the guy who played DJ in Street Fighter The movie
1: (laughs) That's what I know him from (laughs) When I was watching the show I was like How do I know this guy Was he in Street Fighter The movie Uh, He was He was also Spider In Return of the Living Dead And he was Demon In Friday the 13th A New Beginning I've I've seen him in So many things Yeah Uh, He showed
0: up in a lot of Genres He was Voodoo Maestro watching.
1: in the Scooby-Doo movie from 2002. Uh,
0: I never saw that Scooby-Doo movie. But, oh, it's it's not very good. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's not like <laughs> it's not
1: painful, but you're just sort of just like, why? Why did you do this? No, he's 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 working all the time. Just like, oh yeah, hardworking actor, hardworking actor, and he plays a security expert. Turns out his sister works there as uh, one of the scientists. And uh, that's
0: uh, Gina Rivera from Showgirls.
1: Yeah, I thought I recognized her. Thank you, yeah. that's driving me nuts. Um, and she is experimenting with. Time travel. And it turns out that he, as the security, uh, not not expert, he's not like a scientist studying security. He's He's just in charge of security at the building. Yeah, the security guy at the building. He has actually been contacted by some rival organization in an attempt to steal their secrets, specifically the secrets of time travel. Mm. So that will be important later. Uh, and the other main storyline going on is,
0: is, is a Tales from the Crypt couple. Oh, it's that, a total is, that is, that is to the say couple. they hate each other and they lie to each other. Yeah. One uh, of them has really bad makeup. So, you know, something's going to happen to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's
1: Paul Marshall and, um, oh, he's, wow. He's not even on the, uh, the IMDB page. Oh, wow. I have to try to remember he was, um, is it, um, uh, Gil Bellows. Okay, Gil Bellows. Yeah. So it's Paula Marshall, uh, an actress I, I I really quite like. Uh, she was on that short-lived series Cupid, which we'll get to one of these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh Gil Bellows, who at the time was probably in like his early 30s, but he's playing a guy in like his late 40s. So he's got like a receding hairline and mm-hmm. some like you know some wrinkles on his face. And they are in a relationship where she does all the work, and much like in the movie Big Eyes or in the real life story of. Um, um. The Keens The Keens, thank you Uh, She does all the work And he has decided that I'm in charge of publicity Ergo I'm helping So So he gets to take all the credit uh, And talk down to her in public While she does all the damn work And makes all the discoveries And she's
0: pretty fucking sick Hmm. and tired of that shit Uh, And we learn what she's working on Because we're introduced to uh, Essentially the, the secretary of Weird uh, who is played by, uh, oh, golly. <laughs> Catherine Morris. Catherine Morris. Lucy. Uh, she's, mm-hmm. like, the assistant. So we see her walk in, and she's got, you know, a big tray of, like, lunch for all of the mm-hmm. scientists. So she, she's not a scientist. she but complains but that she has doing.
1: to go to, like, a different fast mm-hmm. food restaurant for every single one of
0: them, uh, which would
1: be tedious and
0: annoying, I'll yeah. grant
1: you that. Grubhub does not exist yet.
0: And 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 I do love that there's, like, tedious details in this weird, mm-hmm. extraordinary world. So, again, we, we have... Uh, Time travel, robotics, genius little girls, freaky guy at the head of all of this. And, uh, uh, but also Paula like Marshall a, is, is studying, a by a the way. She's the studying mid-end. a youth serum. Yeah, she, she's figured out a way to reverse aging on cells, but she's not tested it on humans yet. That's going to come into play right away. Yeah, <laughs> we are not going to so, have to wait too long for that. So we have those three stories. We have the Dana Ashbrook story. We have the uh, Miguel Nunez story. And, yeah. and we have the uh, uh, youth serum story. And, I, and I'm going
1: to say this right now. Every single one of these stories by itself Mm. is a great perversion to science episode.
0: Yeah. You could pluck these out as 30 minute episodes without the weird world's uh, premise. There may be, have them just be, there'd be a couple
1: of incidental characters who would show up in both. And like the robot kind of comes into play Mm. in the time travel one, but it's not super important. But like, other than that, like they are on their own. Mm. And, On one hand, that kind of tells you that every week we're going to deal with a new scientist. And we we see that there are a lot of other scientists there. So there's Mm. plenty of room to introduce other scientists.
0: It does seem like a bit of a waste of the setup. Well, what they were trying to do, I I suspect, was do another anthology series that was a little bit more organically introduced. To to try to make it seem a little less artificial.
1: Well, like a mad science of the week, but the Mm. main characters are more or less in play Mm. all the time.
0: Yeah, it's it's like yeah. a, like Nightmare Cafe, yeah, where there's a, a problem of the week, but we're still sticking with the main characters. Or even uh, Friday the Thirteenth, which was all, on at the same time as this, I believe. 95? No, no, I think no, it, was it was long it was, off was, the air by ninety five. Yeah, it was, no, excuse me, you're yeah. right. But basically, um, any horror anthology
1: yeah, thing where the main characters stay the same, but the story if, of the X Files is the same way. Hmm. Dana uh, uh, Mulder and Scully, they're the protagonists of the series, but the majority of the episodes, they're not the protagonists of the horror story. Uh, they they no, get involved but, in other people's lives. They're they, the ones who find a demon, crash land an alien fi- in the backyard, whatever. But we
0: find everything through their eyes. They're yeah. the main characters of the show and we're with them all the time. Right. Friday the 13th of the series was different because we followed the, the cursed object in question. It was a show about cursed objects. And the person who found the cursed objects and how it was affecting their lives long before the protagonists ever entered the story.
1: Okay, I see. Your it point wasn't
0: point. until things got kind of out of hand for the protagonist that the main characters would come in and just sort of start to explain a little bit. I see your point. And yes. I think that, I think it was something like that was going to happen with Weird World, mm. where we're going to have this little anthology story, but we have a regular character who comes in and can interact with that story a little bit. It's mm. like an anthology series with a little bit more drama. Um, that's a pity because they introduced such a strong premise, the weird Institute run by this weirdo mad scientist. And they got all these mad scientists and they're working all this stuff. And about an hour in, you realize you're watching a married couple, couple bicker or this, oh, this or this noir story where this yeah. like sexy Audi England is meeting Dana Ashbrook at a bar. And they're just sort of having a conversation. You're like getting back to the mad <laughs> the, scientist the, stuff. please. It starts to
1: drag because here's the thing in any single, like, versions of science or tales from the crypt episode these half hour horror sci-fi anthology shows again they're punchy Mm. you set up the thing you live in it for a minute there's a couple of reversals then there's a twist and it's over and it's exciting Mm. that's fine that works wonderfully in that time spot problem is if you make all of those stories like another 10 minutes longer and you play them at the same time it's a cornucopia of riches at the beginning when we're introducing all the concepts and your mind is afire with the possibilities. Mm-hmm. It's pretty exciting at the end when they're all coming together at the same time and you're intercutting between one exciting twist after another. And the ending, I think, does mostly work. In the middle, it's a lot of padding one right after the other.
0: Well, it's, like the middle it's 30 not, minutes uh... of
1: this is really, really slow.
0: It's, it's not that it's padded. Here's the problem. when It feels to... padded
1: because you're using all of the stuff yeah. that's just people like living in the plot and not driving it forward mm. for about half an hour. Because it's, normally you would only see like five to ten minutes of that because you'd only be watching one story. Right. But when you're watching all three stories, you intercut between all three of the dry middle part where the, where the big the, twists uh, aren't
0: happening. The, the thing with an anthology series, and this is something a lot of people complain about about mm. anthology shows, is that uh and I think this is actually its strength, mm. is that you can change tones from episode to episode. You can have a really slow moving yeah. episode that's kind of a slow burn about two people who just sort of hate each other, and the next episode is really wild and gory and you know limbs go flying everywhere. They don't yeah. they don't always operate on the same level. And when you're trying to put them all together, you've run into these really bad pacing problems because you're rotating through tones but yeah, you're right. They're meeting the second act all at the same time, which yeah. means we now have. And the second too act is second not the act, most interesting yeah. part.
1: The second act is by definition not the most so interesting
0: So by the time we get to the third act, when all of the twists get revealed, it gets exciting again. Yeah, but yeah you're right. It just sags horribly in the middle well, because they're trying to go through three different tones. The one tone is espionage, mm-hmm. that's the time travel story. Yeah. And uh, we reveal that uh, the. Well, let's just talk okay. about the one
1: stories each at a time. So let's right. talk about the time travel story.
0: Okay, time travel story. Uh, Miguel Nunez is approached by uh, this guy who wants to do industrial espionage. A guy in a cowboy hat. They meet at a strip club.
1: For, for a minute, I in my head, my head canon was it was the same cowboy from Mulholland Drive. <laughs> sure, why not? Which, why not? Screw it's it. It's weird. Whatever. You know. um, and he's yeah. uh, approached by this guy in a cowboy hat, and he's trying to get this guy to steal the time travel secrets from his own sister. And it turns out he's been jealous of his sister his entire life because she's a super genius mm. and he's just okay at stuff. And indeed, it turns out that even him being in this job has more to do with them wanting her at this job than his actual qualifications, as we can see from the fact that he's an idiot who gets involved in industrial espionage. Um, So he's responsible for stealing her work. He finds out from her that her time travel machine works, and in two days, she went to the future, came back with a newspaper. The newspaper says that in two days, she... Uh, what's her name? Uh, Pat uh, Pat Provost. Well, it says Doctor Pat Provost is going to be Mm. uh, uh, killed in a hit and run accident, so she's gonna die, and he's like, oh, what possibilities? So he's gonna have an opportunity to kill her. It's fated to happen anyway. And steal her technology. Only problem is the robot guy has created a new robot sentry. And so in order to get that thing turned off, he steals the badge from one of the, janitor- uh, the janitorial staff. Mm. And that guy gets killed by a robot. And when he says, see, this thing doesn't work. It killed this guy. They, they had should. to turn off the yeah. robot. Clever. It's, it's fine. It's, 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 it's the only interconnectivity any of the stories really have between each other. Mm. And it works good. But right. it, just, it doesn't really affect anything. So in the end, he goes to his sister. His sister says, I know what you're going to do because I have time travel. <laughs> and he ends up uh, like stealing her away from the building. And they use the time travel machine a couple of times in their escape. It's all pretty clever. And it turns out that she has used the time travel machine very cleverly in such a way that when he thinks he's stealing the time travel machine, he's actually stealing her ID badge from the medic from the medic from the facility. And the time travel thing just clicks on, and he ends up hitting himself with his own car <laughs> I love and it. speeding yeah. away. And that's why it says Pat Provost in the newspaper because it's not Patty; they mm. thought it was him. Great. So,
0: comedy, cute, cute little twist, cute little twist. Again, if that was a thirty-minute episode, fine. Yeah, it's 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 clever. Mm. It's bitter. It's a morality tale. I like it fine. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, on. Dana Ashbrook, the uh, virologist who is killing people to do his... And, and because he's played by Dana Ashbrook, he has sort of a sleazy quality of right away. Yeah. So you know you don't trust this guy. You know he's the villain of the episode right I like Dana
1: Ashbrook a lot as an actor, but he does usually only have one tone. I remember when Twin Peaks: The Return came on, mm. and it turns out that Bobby had mellowed out. I was like, whoa, what happened to Dana Ashbrook? Is he okay? <laughs> Because he's, he's usually very intense. He's in a movie I really like a lot. And if you're looking mm. for a horror movie that most people haven't heard of to see this Halloween season, it's really good. Uh, watch The Aggression Scale. The Aggression Scale is terrific. A really cool flick about a home invasion. but And the home invasion is led by Dana Ashbrook. He's mm. evil. Uh, but he kidnaps uh, a mom and a dad and a teenage sister. But the young boy... You know Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone age. Mm. Uh, He's going to have to fight off the terrorists. Here's the thing: he's a burgeoning serial killer. Like he's 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 a a, he's a sociopath with violent tendencies. He's got all of the warning signs for a serial killer, and now this is his first opportunity to actually do something about it. And he's going to kill the hell out of all of them. It's very irresponsible, but very good. Mm. (laughs) I like that movie a lot, and Dan Ashbrook is really cool on it. Um, So he is trying to. Uh, uh, get Noah's robotics technology so he can study mm-hmm. this virus better.
0: But he's distracted by a new employee.
1: Yeah, Who's, Noah has a new assistant mm-hmm. played by uh, Audie England, who you probably know from things like uh, Mortal Kombat Conquest, which is a series we usually cover one of these days. Yeah, I, I, Live I know action her, Mortal Kombat. I know her series. from
0: uh, Robert Meyer Burnett's film Free Enterprise. Yeah, where she played the love interest. She also has a huge like late night skinamax softcore. Career. Oh, I didn't realize She's been that. in a lot of, yeah, like, sort of, like, sexy thrillers. Oh, she, oh, she was on the Red Shoe Diaries a Yeah, lot. yeah, yeah. Oh, good for her.
1: Um, well, so, yeah, she, so she, she's got a huge career as well. She plays the mysterious new assistant, and Dana Ashbrook is basically trying to seduce her. And it's one, all- because he can, because he loves stealing from this guy. And two, because she might give him an opportunity to steal all that robotic stuff.
0: And, and she, she keeps she has a, a very keen interest in him and is very yeah. observant and understands that he has like certain proclivities. And she keeps it's, it's saying, very film noir. She
1: keeps saying things that seem to have double meanings, mm. like, oh, I never leave the facility, or oh yeah, he he I have to do everything for him, or oh, he always treats me like a father, mm. and you think to yourself, ah, oh, she's a robot. <laughs> okay, she's gonna try to be a robot. <laughs> Against <laughs> that to be a robot right it's, when, when she gets to be a robot and indeed kind
0: of, and this, is, of. this is thing there's
1: a fun twist in here where he actually has sex with her and then there's an accident in the lab It's someone like falls on her arm and it turns out yeah. her arm is robotic and Dan Ashwick like freaks yeah, out where, like, she
0: sees like, gear, like yeah. wiring sticking out of her arm and Dan
1: Ashwick freaks out and he runs to his lab and he realizes that while she has been distracting him Noah has uh, broken into his virology lab and found the severed head of his dead wife <laughs> because that's where all the virus has been living. It's, it, it doesn't fro- really make sense, but fr- it's gross. Frozen in a box, yeah. yeah it's gross. And it's a, it's a good
0: visual. It's a great yeah. visual.
1: It's a great visual. And he says, ha, I found out you had a robot after me. And that's when Noah says, she's not a robot. She lost her arm. I made her a robot arm. I'm, I'm the, the robot! robot. <laughs> and he
0: opens up his face and he's this pulp- <laughs> <laughs> puppety face, like and i i do it and now i'm gonna kill you because i am a robot ah, yeah and angry. he like and
1: he uses his like security robot to keep dana ashbrook mm-hmm. in his virology lab with the virus until he dies from it because it only has it'll
0: kill you in like 24 hours mm-hmm. real grim and gruesome and awesome. very very appropriately t- tales from the crypty kind of yeah. shocking images yeah good good good
1: all right uh the uh, the u serum one <laughs> isn't quite as clever but i do enjoy it um so, uh, oh God, I forgot their names already. Hang on. It's Paula, uh, Paula Marshall. Paula Marshall is married to this asshole quasi scientist. Who's not even good at science. And he's mm-hmm. just trying to make money and win prizes off of her work. And she has told him that all she wants out of this relationship is she wants to work. She wants to get credit for her work and she wants a child. He has been slow walking all of these things. And she even <laughs> finds out that he had a vasectomy. So he's not even actually trying
0: to yeah, have and, a kid. And it, it, he even says, okay, I want to keep you. So let's, let's try for it. Let's go to have a child. And she says, you can't play that card with me. I found out you had a vasectomy. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, they can be reversed. You just, you weren't going to tell me about it. You weren't going to say
1: Exactly. So fuck you. So, and then uh, when he finds out through uh, the loose lips of, uh, of the uh, secretary of the building, Uh, that she's working on a youth serum and that it might be working. He confronts her about it and he tries to like talk down to her and make her feel as though she needs him. Like it'll never go anywhere because they're sexist and they won't appreciate you. And it's only if I help that it'll ever really go anywhere. And uh, he, it turns out has a really bad case of arthritis and she has been like injecting him with like his various painkillers in order to, to go about his day. And while she is doing that, she replaces it with the youth serum. And at first, it doesn't seem like it's working, and then he, when he's driving home, he realizes it is working. His hair has grown back, and he starts like kind of freaking out, like in like a liquor store or whatever. Mm. And then we cut oh, away from it for a, a while
0: a, with a cameo from Tony Cox. Oh yeah, fun <laughs> Tony
1: Cox cameo. Not, not, doesn't really do anything. He's just there. He's running the liquor store, mm. and uh, he when finally, uh, we cut to a police officer coming to Paula Marshall and says, "Hey." We, we, we found your son. He's like <laughs>
0: he's, he's like, a, yeah, he's he's like de-aging
1: five. and Now he's now he's five years old. He's like five years old, and They're, no one believes him when he says anything. And it turns out, oh yeah, oh I, I lied. I actually do have an antidote for this, but it's just going to arrest your aging now. So congratulations, you're,
0: you're, you're a, my son. <laughs> so now now you get you're kind of in my thrall.
1: Yeah, and which it, is
0: really twisted. <laughs> And uh, and it's then really there and then there's a a little epilogue where all of the characters are together in one room and uh, Dr. and Ed, Ed O'Neill is standing on this big platform in front of a robot saying, "Well, what did what have we learned today?" Yeah, G- gives us a little <laughs> bit of a coda to everyone's story and and they explain in that little epilogue and. Uh, the, the the aging doctor is gonna take some time off so he can rest because he's taking looking taking after his new baby and yeah uh, his wife
1: they decided to adopt and isn't that nice I guess he'll be spending a lot of time at the office like that's okay and uh, con- and good news now that we've invented both time travel and de aging formulas we have been able to bring a new scientist into the fold please meet our new cast member Albert Einstein <laughs> and Albert okay. Einstein walks out. And, and that's actually
0: fun. And I, well, and, <laughs> that's I, and really I, And really I, I'm salivating, saying, "Show me that show." Oh, I just want to see. I want to see a show that's about the actual
1: day to day stuff. There,
0: I yeah, want to see uh, a show wanna,
1: about running a mad scientist lab. I, I the want to see the mad scientist yeah. lab
0: where they encounter some sort of problem. Well, I was t- yeah. tinkering with my dimensional portal, and I
1: yeah,
0: uh, I, I let in a Cthulhu. Oh well, that's okay. We have some security measures for that. And again, you know, that, that and again, kind of this thing. is
1: the kind of thing that Eureka did do. Um, which well, it, isn't which isn't to the detriment of Weird World. Weird World precedes Eureka by quite a few years. We're saying this clearly had potential because Eureka worked, and this is a darker version of that. This would have worked. This is one of those shows. At first, my initial thought was, okay, this wasn't canceled too soon. I thought it had like serious pacing problems, and like they're really struggling to keep this anthology show format alive in a non-anthology show setting. Because they want to keep a consistent setting with some consistent characters, but it Mm. feels like everything's kind of over and done with. But the fact that it can be done, and it was done later, the fact that we have a good, strong cast here Mm. of people who are clearly morally flexible, if not evil... There's so many different opportunities here. There's so many different things you could have it's, done with yeah, this yeah. series that it's incredibly frustrating that this was canceled when it was. And so, uh, spoiler alert, I think the show was canceled too soon. I, I
0: completely agree. Uh, yeah.
1: you know, it's a, it's an awkward pilot, but the promise is strong.
0: The the, the premise is too strong to ignore. Well, sorry, I didn't say uh, the premise, the promise. The, prom, the promise, yeah. yeah I, the everything premise and the promise saw. are
1: often the same thing yeah, in yeah. pilot land.
0: I, I understand that... Uh, Moving forward, I'm not sure if they would try to keep that anthology format, but if there was only one story per episode, even if it is an anthology format, that would have been fine. Here's
1: what you have. You have one proper, like, weird science... Perversions of Science, Tales from the Crypt type episode, mm. and then you have a couple of throughline subplots. There you go. That just keep things tied together, mm. so that it's basically a Monster of the Week story, right? But the everything else going on, all the subplots going on, all mm. of the interpersonal dynamics, the love stories, the you know weird organizations that are trying to horn in on Doctor Menachian's territory. Uh, you know, any there's a million different things you could do 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 them this was good this was a good idea (laughs) this was a strong idea with some strong stuff in it and once you figure out the kinks and the structure you got a good show
0: hey hbo max are you listening just
1: just reboot weird world please or just put tales from the crypt on hbo max for god's sake why
0: isn't it there yeah we got everything no you don't no you
1: fucking don't you You don't dream
0: on either you you don't have your best show which is tales from the crypt Mm. uh so frustrating. It's not, even, it's not even whether or not you think it's their best show. Well, although, it was their first flagship show. Although this aired on Fox, so maybe this is one of those things that we could also <laughs> fold in. And it's not on Disney Plus. Oh my God, you're right. Probably. Well, this this would be on Hulu. But regardless, hmm. yeah, this was a this was a
1: pilot. It ended up airing as a TV movie, as a lot of pilots do. And uh, yeah, I didn't watch it when it came out. I'm watching it now. I'm glad I saw it now. Um, as I, Again, it's got issues, but it's worth finding. You can find it online right now pretty easily. Just Google it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weird World 1995. And you can find this for yourself. And it's a bit of a hoot. And you know, there's so many things we've seen over and over again. It's nice to discover something of this ilk that yeah. has flown under the radar for so long. I, which is really the point yeah, of the show basically. I, I got
0: to say that these kinds of like uh, underground genre film, genre TV shows from the 90s are like so fucking my jam. <laughs> like the, there there's the, the beginning and the end were so strongly on my wavelength. I was like almost let down when I dis- when I started to figure out that it was going to be an anthology series. <laughs> it's like no, no, go back to the mad scientists. Have them solve weird problems in unethical ways. That's what I want to see out of this show. And it's still in there. It's still baked into its DNA. Uh, the anthology thing is, you know, something I was had to be used to by the by the end. Yeah. And the fact that it was being presented as this big, long movie meant it was just a badly paced movie. Yeah. But moving forward, it wouldn't be a movie. It would have been a TV series. And uh, even in an hour-long format, it would have been so much—it would have had to be tighter— you would have had all of these weird characters drifting in and out. That's a great opportunity for good gags. Yep. It's a great opportunity for like throw off, throw out sci-fi it's references. Kind of show
1: where, it's of my favorite kind of show where you can literally do anything. Yeah, in fact, you're yeah. encouraged to try. Mm. And you could do funny episodes. You could do scary episodes. You could do romantic episodes. You could do crime episodes. So, yeah, this, you this could show do is... business episodes, legal episodes, whatever. And as long as you filter them nothing, through mad science, uh, you're great.
0: It's nothing but potential at this point. It's yeah. all potential energy. I want to see that little girl come back. Please, she's such want... a... Interesting character. I want to see people interact with Albert Einstein. Yeah, it's delightful. And, I really and, want to see. And, it. and you, you have time travel. You have de aging. Who else? What other historical figures you want to put in there? Get anybody. You can. There's mm. no. The,
1: the sky's the limit. There mm. are no limitations other than budget and your own imagination. And your own imagination can overcome budget. Mm. So this one. So you agree? It was canceled too soon. Definitely seven. canceled too soon. Definitely worth uh, uh, checking out again. Flawed pilot, but the promise and the premise are so strong. Mm. That we feel good about it, and uh, that is the first episode of Cancel Too Soon. Scary Tober this month. Thank you everybody for listening. I'm calling it Scary Tober. Shut no, up. Oh, fine, fine. You can have it. <laughs> uh, and uh, we will be back next week with Cancel Too Soon, at number one ninety nine and three fifths. Uh, where uh, not not, not three quarters? Three quarters. Okay, we'll two, do three quarters. Two two fifths. Three quarters. Three quarters. Three quarters. Well, we can't do two fifths because that would be before one half. I suppose you're right. So it's three it's three quarters. We're gonna do cancel too soon. Three quarters, and uh, we are gonna be doing the 1975 TV series, The Ghostbusters, which has nothing to do with the movies that everybody knows and loves now, except in order to call those movies the Ghostbusters, they had to pay Filmation a ton of money because the title had been taken by this series. Mm-hmm. This series is about a pair of paranormal investigators and their friend, a gorilla. Is a live-action series in which they found monsters.
0: Uh, live-action series from 1976. Uh, when the Ghostbusters feature film, mm-hmm. the Evan Reitman film, became a hit in 1984, uh, the owners of the original title still had the rights to use it as a TV show.
1: So they did.
0: So there was an animated show called Ghostbusters. Yeah. And that is why the animated series with Peter Venkman and Slimer, the characters from the movie, uh-huh. Is called The Real Ghostbusters. And I'm gonna
1: throw it out there and we can talk about that. We're gonna talk about this more next week. Oh. I'm gonna throw it out there. Uh, the Filmation Ghostbusters cartoon series, also very fun. Mm. Is it as good as the real Ghostbusters was in its prime? No, that's one of the best written kids shows of the 1980s. But it's also very fun and very strange. I have actually never seen the live action series on which it is a quasi-remake. The animated series is about like the kids of the Ghostbusters in the 70s versions mm. getting their own Ghostbusting like mm. business uh, so I've never seen the live action show except for a couple of clips um, I actually have no idea what I'm in for I just know that we've been meaning to do this one for a while uh, when we said we need to plan out some horror stuff for October mm. this was the first one we both Man. said
0: we said we need to do the Ghostbusters it's been too long yeah, They got the Ghostbusters stars Larry Storch yeah, uh, yeah it's, and
1: Forrest it's... Tucker both from F Troop <laughs> So, if you don't know F Troop, I guess we'll have to talk about that next week, too. Yeah, <laughs> at you probably don't know F Troop. F Troop yeah. used to be in reruns. Nobody's talked about F Troop in 25 years. Used to be on Nick at Night a lot. Yeah, like I said, 25 years. <laughs> uh, so that's coming up next time on Cancel Too Soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will get to Briscoe County when we get to 200. We're not
0: at 200 yet. We have so several we gotta, yeah.
1: fractions to go. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, of course, uh, you can... If you can subscribe here on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast, wherever you find it, Um, we have an email, letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. If you want to talk to us about Weird World, Cancel Too Soon stuff, anything regarding any of our other podcasts, anything at all you would like to talk to us about or ask us questions about or recommend to us or critique about our podcast, we would love to hear you. That's letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. We might read your email on an upcoming episode of the podcast We've got mail. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com/slash critically acclaimed network, where you can vote for future episodes of podcasts like Cancel Too Soon or Critically Acclaimed or The Iron List. And you can also get a ton of exclusive other podcasts including podcasts dedicated to the 1960s batman tv series every episode star trek ever made we just put out an episode guest starring john the outlaw roca from the schmodown uh we've got podcasts dedicated to every single film ever nominated for best picture Podcast dedicated to all the things that are not currently on disney plus we just did The movie based on the uh, theme park attraction Tower of Terror, which starred Kirsten Dunst in the 90s, which nobody talks about anymore. We have commentary tracks. It's a huge backlog of stuff. As soon as you sign up, you get access to a ton of it. So uh, thank you to everybody who is a patron. We couldn't do this without you. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. Uh, And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Critic Acclaim. I am at William Bibiani. I am at Whitney Seibold. And um, that's a wrap. We'll see you next season and three quarters.